0: Welcome back to the Weekly Driver Podcast. My name is James Rea. I'm the editor and publisher of theweeklydriver.com, and I'm an automotive columnist for Bay Area News Group. My friend and colleague, as always, is Bruce Aldrich. He knows a lot about cars, teaches me a lot through the years. And uh, today we have a guest on, Jill Gonzalez from WalletHub. And I get uh, from time to time uh, the statistics from their wonderful surveys and analyses, if you will. So, welcome to our podcast, Jill. How are you today, and where have we found you? I'm great. Thanks so much. I'm good, and the roads are a lot slower here in the District of Columbia these days. Uh-huh. Yes, gotcha. So, I, I got the, the information the other day about the, the new release, so why don't you take us through um, the new uh, wallet hub survey about different states and the driving conditions and habits and And give us a good summary of what that uh, new survey is all about.
1: Well, everyone hates being stuck in traffic. Uh, It makes you late. It makes you mad. But it can actually hit your wallet, too. Right now, the average driver is spending over $1,400 per year when they're sitting idly in traffic, if they're late to work, any road conditions that might cause their cars to need repairs, so it's not only bad for your state of mind, it's bad for your wallet, too. So we wanted to see, you know, where the best driving experiences are across the country.
2: So you went state by state and then ranked them, right?
1: Yeah, we compared all 50 states across 30 different measures, so that ranges from average gas prices to the of rush hour
2: traffic congestion to road quality, kind of everything in between. So we're out here in California. I bet California fared real well on this, right? <laughs> yeah, California,
1: to no one's surprise, is in
0: the bottom five for drivers. It ranked forty seventh out of all fifty states. Wow, we know that, <laughs> but you know, Northern California, where we are, is a little bit different than Southern California, where uh, you know I drive once a year at least down that way, and it's it's a drastic difference. Although San Francisco and San Jose area have some issues but to me in the Los Angeles areas is, is from my experience where the problem lies there's just an awful lot going on down there and not much good in the driving world
1: exactly well I mean California as a whole has some of the highest gas prices in the country that has been that way for some time now so that'll yes. you wherever you are uh, but the traffic I would say is worse in Southern California but things like car theft and larceny is actually worse in Northern
0: California so no matter where you are
2: Got your problem Gotcha. I see. And some of the best states are Oregon, Illinois, Indiana, Iowa, and Texas. Is there any reason why those are so great?
1: Uh, different reasons for different states. So, Texas, obviously, some of the cheapest gas in the country. Uh, when we get toward the Midwest, we have a lot less traffic congestion. Also, just cheaper to get a car, cheaper to maintain your car, repairs are a lot cheaper. And Oregon, interestingly enough, for a West Coast state, the gas is actually a lot cheaper. The traffic is not too bad, and it's one of the safest states when it comes to traffic fatalities and DUIs.
2: Yes, and I, I also see California, though, is, uh, it's, it really ranks high in number of car washes and the uh, number of car repair shops.
1: It's actually number one. So there's some of the most car dealerships per capita, uh,
2: a lot of auto
1: repair shops, car washes, gas stations. I think when you have a state that big, when you have cities that are that spread out and you really do need a car, when public transportation kind of needs to step it up, that's why we see the access to vehicles being so high there.
0: Jill, with WalletHub, obviously you guys do it, and it's it's financial, and you know you got the great one of the greatest uh, URLs. The name of the company is WalletHub. It's 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 great. What kind of um, reaction do you get from the consumer? So uh, I'm 63, soon to be 64 years old, or I'm 24, soon to be 25, and I'm looking at your numbers. What what have you found that it means to a young person or uh, an older person or in between? What, where, why do the numbers matter for? Different age groups if it does yeah well I think
1: obviously here young people more so care about how to get a car where to get a car where it's cheaper to get a car where insurance might be cheaper older people are thinking you know I have a car no matter what I need it no matter what what's the commute time looking like what are my gas prices uh, compared to other people so I think they're definitely honing in on different categories and different metrics but I would say the one piece of feedback that is universal is that everyone
0: thinks that their state is the worst for trying. <laughs> That's <crazy>. great. <laughs> no matter where yes. you are. Yes. Um, so I think it's funny, you know, a lot of these people in Texas or in
1: Oregon would say, wow, so we have it pretty good, actually. That's crazy <laughs> because, you know, my commute is X long every day. So I think that is one thing. You know, we're all in our little bubble. So it's interesting to see how much better or how much worse we have it than people driving. You know, some sometimes you know maybe only thirty miles away
0: just makes so much of a difference. I should have know I should know this by now. But when you do a survey like this or an analysis like this, what kind of numbers are we talking about? How many? Um, one company calls them respondents. One the you know, different names for for the same thing. Uh, what kind of um, slice of the pie, if you will, have you have you done this with, with the drivers? So this is not a survey. This is a study. Yes. These are all numbers when we look at, you know, say how many car dealerships there are per capita. I see. Uh, that all comes down to business information.
1: When we're looking at road quality, uh, we... Look at places like uh, the Insurance Research Council, National Highway Traffic Safety
0: Administration. So these are all pretty hard data points as opposed to opinion. Thank you. I think that's why we get so many people saying, if this was a survey, I swear my my state would be at the bottom of the list. Well, thanks for for clarifying that. Uh, Have you heard a specific Uh, response other than the great one that you just gave everybody says their state's the worst driving state. Can you give us another example of some of the feedback you've received? Well
1: the other thing here is when it comes down to gas prices it's not just the price of the actual gas it's taxation on gas. Yes. That really varies from state to state and how that taxpayer money is used is also different. In some states you can use that on education you know it can go really to anything In others, by law, it has to go back to road quality and maintaining highways and roadways. So there's a a certain state where... uh, I think Washington State is a good example. Washington State is in the bottom five. It actually ranks worse than California in this place. It has a little bit more safety issues, less places to repair your car, et cetera, and worse road and bridge quality when it comes to infrastructure. Uh, But in Washington State... By law, all ca- gas taxation needs to go back to the roads. And they're kind of asking, well, when's that going to happen? Or how is that happening? You know, It's clearly something that has yet to be seen. So I think that's the other feedback is, when it comes to how our taxpayer dollars are spent, roads and infrastructure are really something that affect us day in and day out. It's something we see every day. We see improvement every day. We don't see improvement, right? Everyone knows that one highway that's been closed for five years because of construction. So I think that is really a concern for people is where is this money going to cause our gas prices to be so high? You know,
2: what are we getting for that? That's certainly the issue here in California. They possibly have straightened that out a little bit with the last last go-around of uh, voting, but we'll see. Um, one interesting thing I saw on your, uh, your survey is the safety. Yeah. (laughs) Sorry. I I was corrected. So it's going to be on my forehead now that it's a study (laughs) was the the safety issue. And what is safety? You know, that, that includes uh, car theft rate, uh, how the state handles DUIs, um, how, how all the driving lane, uh, laws are written. What other, what else do they look for for safety?
1: things like phone use, speeding, aggressive driving, poor turning. So essentially how often there are these incidents of traffic and discipline. Uh, There's data for adults who either always wear a seatbelt or never wear a seatbelt. (laughs) So that's a number from a survey that we include. Um, The share about insured drivers plays a huge part here. Not only how many drivers obviously are driving without insurance, but that also Uh, indirectly affects car insurance premiums. Usually the higher share of uninsured drivers there are, which is pretty high in California, uh, the higher car insurance premiums are going to be. So we look at all of these uh, different data points, and in California, uh, the ones that we discussed, uh, car theft is relatively high. Uh, The share of uninsured drivers is pretty high. Uh, When it comes to DUI penalties, California is more middle of the pack, uh, in terms of criminal penalties, the, the laws in place are uh, pretty steadfast, but it also could do a little bit more when it comes to prevention. For instance, a DUI isn't an automatic felony in California until your fourth offense. In most states, that's anywhere
2: from your first, second, or third. I see. I, didn't I know see. That. N- nor, nor did I. Uh, one of the things is the likelihood of hitting a deer. I, no, I, I've hit <laughs> a deer before. So me too, me too. Was it in
0: California? Yes, yes. <laughs> so we're <laughs> there we're, you go. we're part of the study. Yeah, that's uh, why we're so bad in California. Yeah, that's right. hey, I'd, uh, on the positive side, Jill, with some of the states that that get great numbers, um, have you ever had any uh, like chambers of commerce or visitors and convention bureau reach out to you guys and have they used it in a marketing campaign or public relations? Do you get do you get props? when the state says, hey, you know, kind of sort of thanks for that and can can we work with you? Have you had any feedback in that way? Yeah, absolutely. And it's funny because most of the Chamber of
1: Commerce or, you know, even representatives for local authorities really do do it because they get all of the complaints and they're like, hey, we
0: promise we're better than Washington here. <laughs> gotcha. We, I see. We promise we're better than <laughs> <Washington>. <laughs> That's, That's great.
1: a study you know it's based on actual raw data and they can say listen like this isn't an opinion we actually are doing well in this um and for no no state is number one across the board no Uh, even your oregon or your texas does have areas of improvement so that's you know another good thing hey we we're doing well when it comes to safety but we really could work on the traffic issue so I think for any of these people that reach out, you know, it's not just props. And it's not just in California's case either, you know, we're horrible. For instance, you know, we did say California was great when it comes to access to vehicles. pretty safe place to drive as well. So I think each state has its, its
2: props and where it can use some improvement as well. Yeah, California was number one in fewest days of precipitation. New Hampshire, Hawaii, or bad? Yeah, a lot of a lot of rain. A lot of rain in Hawaii, four,
0: four times a day. Um, Jill, be, uh, before we forget, can can we ask? We will ask. Um, how are you part? How are you part of the study? What is your What are your responsibilities? And and what um what part? What role did you play in in this study? So
1: before any study, you know, obviously we decide that we're going to do it, but then we reach out to a lot of experts in the field, uh, academic experts to talk with them about which metrics would be important to include, you know, what sources would be good to check out. So we talk to professors from the Center for Transportation Research from certain universities, um, even things like uh, the Chair of Transportation and Engineering from certain universities. So we really try to get a good feel on things, ask them what the space looks like right now, go through the metrics with them, the weights for the metrics, and then our research. So that's what I is i I talk to these uh, experts Uh, we send these metrics to our research team and then we'll come back to my team to really analyze and look for any
0: top line trends gotcha in in your world and in wallet hub uh, what other areas of the automotive field have you guys covered in in the past or do you have uh, plans if you can say for um since we're in the automotive field ourselves what have you done in the past, and what, what do you have coming up if you do?
1: Well, we look at DUI uh, strictness and lenient rates on high-risk drivers,
0: best states for teen drivers, which is pretty interesting. Yes. Um, we, we look into how car insurance
1: premiums kind of vary from state to state, especially when looking at your financial data. So most states, only three, in fact, California being one of them. So California is one of the states that does not allow uh, insurance companies to use your credit score data when giving you a car insurance premium quote. Mm-hmm. Most states do. California does it. New Hampshire doesn't, and Hawaii does not. But, I mean, because of that, one, car insurance companies, no matter where you are, use that data differently. Um, so if you have bad credit, you know, stay away from State Farm, for instance, your better bet is with Geico. Yes. And in certain states, that number vastly differs, too. In some states, that might account for, you know, 5% of your overall rate. In some states, it's 50%. So, you know, these are things that consumers don't know uh, and don't think about. Why would they? So that data is really good to get out there. Even for, you know, someone uh, doing a quick search on where to get car insurance, you know,
2: it's, it's just good stuff to know. So do you find that people actually change their behavior based on the results of this, this study? Do they move out of uh, California and go to Texas or things like I that? Think I think it's less often moving
1: entirely from a state. I think people more so bring this information to their town halls and bring it to the attention of their local officials and authorities and say, listen, I'm not the only one who's noticing this. You know, this is proven by data, and what are we going to
2: do about it? I think that's where we see the behaviors really changing. I see. Okay. Um,
0: Jill, as you know, I'm sure uh, California has a new uh, marijuana law, and has marijuana um, been part of the study in, whether it's California or uh, maybe a future study, and how about other states? Has that come into play?
1: Washington, who asked me the same question, you know, has, has it affected DUI rates? <laughs> um, there's also different kinds of DUIs. In certain states now,
0: they are including marijuana. Hey, under the influence. if you're stoned, you're stoned. I'm sorry, but I, much, I'm having much. fun with it. But go ahead. I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah, exactly. everyone has different
1: opinions on it. The laws yes. definitely differ by, from state to state and because it's just not legal in the vast amount of States, there's not really good data yet to see how this is affecting DUIs, how this is affecting premiums. So we're still waiting on, on that kind of data, too, to include in this study or to include in a different type of DUI study. But, yeah, that's one thing
0: that in every state where it's legal, I am always asked. that. The Weekly Driver podcast gets support from americantrucks.com. Visit www americantrucks.com
2: another uh, theoretical question uh, how will autonomous cars play into this or or is there something on the horizon or what what is your industry or your studies think about autonomous driving and cars
1: so that's another thing where there's not a lot of data on it yet obviously uh, but we do expect it to come into play at some point um, especially with any type of new technology, but particularly these autonomous cars, because there have been, uh, you know, anytime something goes wrong, it's very heavily reported. Anytime something goes right, it's really not so much. Right, right. So so I I think that's kind of getting the way, getting of its own way. Um, So from a driving standpoint, that's going to be something that's really interesting to see from an insurance standpoint. You know, how do you insure these things? That's going to be something that's very interesting. So that's something that we're keeping an eye on as well. But we've done this study now for three years. Every time we ask that question to our experts, they say the same thing, which is just there's no way to know yet.
2: Wait and see. Okay.
0: In another area, I hope I'm not repeating my questions here, but what, what kind of feedback or relationships do you have with the manufacturers, if, if there are any for different car manufacturers? Are they... Um, using the data um, in, in their world to make a car safer or in some other uh, area?
1: We don't hear much from the manufacturers themselves. Uh, we certainly hear much more from the insurance companies. Yes. Um, especially when we look into you know, how financial data is used. Um, but I think the manufacturers themselves have a lot on their plate. They,
0: uh, they, they the certainly, they certainly do, yes. Yeah, when it comes to safety, when it comes to lawsuits, when it
1: comes to uh, big tax questions as of late, GM, uh, you know, comes to mind. Um, so I think it's it's not something that's entirely on their radar. And for this study, you know, we don't really get
0: manufacturer specific either. Yes. Okay. Fair enough.
2: What does Wallet Hub in general? What What do you guys do?
1: take all of this data that exists and that is publicly available but that's hard to get your hands on and once you do really hard to make sense of we try to put it all in one place uh and try to localize it so that you know what it means for you versus your neighbors versus your region uh so we do this certainly in what it has to do with cars with driving uh with where you live with where you work the job prospects in a certain market um how employment is shaping up, even how the shutdown affects your wallet. Um, So we really try to dig deep and see where people are affected and hopefully put it into information that you can then use to act on your own, whether it's relocating, whether it's making a different decision when buying, or to give it to your local officials, to your town
2: halls, so that it can get to the right people. I see that you can go to WalletHub.com, your your uh, website and you can go under tools and that's where you find the the latest uh studies yes
1: head to tools and that's where you where you will see articles and studies you can see exactly where your site ranks a little bit more as to why how what metrics we
0: use where we got them from and how we got to them it's one of the great names as i mentioned earlier do you know the backstory of the person who came up with that URL and and um, bought the URL years ago—it's it, once you hear Wallet Hub, you don't you don't ever say what's the what's that URL? What's the name of that company again? It, it it sticks with you very much. So, is there a good backstory to how the site came about? Yeah,
1: the site came about. Uh, our CEO Odysseus Demetrio. he um, actually used to work for Capital One. He was an executive there, and his wife. Was looking into financial advisors and actually pick a fraudulent financial advisor.
0: Mm-hmm. So on a,
1: a consumer level, um, you know, he saw this happen to his own family, where consumers just don't are not armed with all of the right information. I mean, this was about a decade ago, so things have changed certainly for the better. Yes. Um, but that's where he got, got into making this website to really arm consumers with knowledge they need to make educated financial decisions.
0: And now he's out of the credit card space and into the and consumer space. Gotcha. I see. Was it, was the name his idea? Yeah. Gotcha. Okay. One other thing. Oh, in my regard. Yes, you please, please do. And we could learn how to say his name at some other point, but you said it very well. <laughs> <Thank> <laughs> you
2: know. well one other thing, uh, back to the uh, study, uh, just to put it in perspective, I, I saw that uh, uh, they take the 25- Worst cities to drive in, and uh, the U.S. has 10 of those cities. So oh, we got yeah. we got a lot of bad ones.
1: Well, the thing with the U.S., too, is that unlike a lot of other countries, you know, public transportation leaves so much to be desired in so many cities. So I think that's definitely a huge deal. I mean, here, I think a lot of people were surprised that New York ranks 30th because we all think about New York City and... Mm-hmm. Uh, all the movies we've seen about it and everyone, you know, getting hit by a car there, but New York has one of the best public transportation systems, not only in New York City, but really throughout the state. So a lot of people, you know, kind of forget about that
0: aspect, too. You know. we, we've asked about um, autonomous vehicles and marijuana laws in different states. How about rideshare programs? Has that become a, a factor or, or part of the study or, or maybe it will in the future?
1: Right now we have pretty good data at least on rideshare costs. And yes. And those fluctuate from state to state and from city to city. But there's still data being done on, you know, there's some parts of the country where that ride sharing has increased traffic exponentially. Uh, and That's what I've heard. Are, yeah, I mean, people are choosing that instead of your subways, instead of your buses. Um, and there's some parts of the country where it's made – getting around a lot easier and it's decreased uh, DUI fatalities and things like that so the data that you can use certainly can be used in both directions so it's interesting to see you
0: know net is this a benefit or a detriment to drivers I was good last night I went to a a function in uh, midtown Sacramento maybe five miles from where we live and I knew that there was going to be a little bit of a party atmosphere so by myself and I took Lyft down there, and I took a lift back, and it was probably well. It was probably the best, you know, 20 bucks I've ever spent because, you know, you just don't want to drive anymore. It's ridiculous to uh, to drive uh, with more than maybe one glass of wine or one glass of beer, and and I just got home, and I thought that was that was a pretty smart move on my part. So, I and in, in Sacramento, we just see a, a vast increase of of um, rideshare programs, and we're going to have other things introduced. Uh, with autonomous driving at the university and another program that's coming into town. So I, I've seen in the last year or so a vast increase in the in the ride share uh, as, from a personal standpoint and from friends and just seeing it around town. We're, we're booming with uh, ride share in, in this part of the state. Yeah,
1: absolutely, and it's interesting here. I mean, in D.C., I know that the city itself has had to input a specific no-drive zone. Uh, on Friday and Saturday nights that are just
2: for Uber and Lyft pickups to help to mitigate traffic around those parks. Yes. Never heard of that. And, yeah, I mean, even the way
1: that it's shaping uh, you know, driving laws, and the way it's reshaping how people drive at night, uh, which roads you can use, it, it's all really fascinating. So that's as, that, as more of those types of programs pop up in major cities, that's going to be interesting just to
2: our roads are remapped yes wow more more government intrusion i guess into our freedom But (laughs) maybe it's
0: for a good thing yeah jill uh you have a, a vast amount of knowledge uh thank you for for being our guest today on the weekly driver podcast it's always nice to speak to someone who just you know you obviously love what you do and you're immersed in it and you have great numbers and statistics and you gave us some good education so Thank you for being our guest today on the weekly driver podcast. We want to thank, uh, Jill Gonzalez from wallet hub and everybody check out their site. It's just, uh, you can spend all day on it cause there's just a whole bunch of information on it. That's, that's great. Uh, I'm assuming it's www.wallethub.com, and I'm out and, uh, thank you again, Jill. Hope you have a great rest of your day in, in Washington, DC. Thanks so much. Happy and safe driving. Thanks very much. Thank you. Cheers. Before we leave today, we want to, uh, congratulate um, our friend uh, Alex Hunold. Uh, about a year ago Bruce and I drove to Las Vegas to go to the Consumer Electronics Show and we had the opportunity to meet with and, and interview Alex uh, in his van uh, which he still likes to spend a lot of time in as opposed to his home. Um, his movie uh, Free Solo was nominated yesterday for Best Documentary for an Academy Award so that's a great thing and we've both seen his movie and enjoyed it, and it's it's all the buzz ab- about um, his very specific world of of climbing. He climbs with ropes, but in this in this particular case, he climbed El Cap without any of the um, uh, ropes that you need to uh, keep safe with. He did it on his own. It was a fantastic movie. So, congratulations to Alex and and the other people who worked on Free Solo. Yeah, we we're had,
2: hoping he can upgrade his van now, get a bigger one. A maybe big, maybe get one with a porta potty
0: in it. That's right, porta potty. Um, And before we go, also, please uh, visit our website, uh, www.theweeklydriver.com. We do have an Amazon program there that you can uh, support us by buying on Amazon, and it's the same price of things that you would buy directly from Amazon. So please consider um, shopping on theweeklydriver.com's Amazon affiliate program. And uh, thanks for being our guest today, and we'll talk with you next week the weekly driver podcast gets support from americanmuscle.com your late model mustang and f-150 authority bringing you the hottest products and top-notch customer service for over a decade no one makes it easier to modify your ride visit americanmuscle.com today